The Fake Show is brought to you by Threads of Envy, the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com T-shirt designs, and by Mr. Antenna. Now your host, Jim Tofty. Cool and the gang, currently led by founding members Robert Cool Bell and George Funky Brown, are approaching their 60th anniversary, having formed in Jersey City, New Jersey in 1964. They have performed continuously longer than any R&B group in history, winning two Grammy Awards, seven American Music Awards, a BET Soul Train Lifetime Achievement Award, and a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I've got so much to talk about with Robert Cool Bell, who is on the line right now in New Jersey. Robert, good morning to you, sir. Congratulations on your forthcoming, hard to believe, 34th studio album. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, uh, we started back in uh, 1964 Yeah. as uh, the Jazzy Axe and the Soul Town Band and Cool in the Flame. First record came out in 1969. And uh, we've been kicking ever since. Matter of fact, we cover your way. I guess you heard about a residency at Westgate. I just have to say, Cool in the Flame, that's kind of a cool name for a band, isn't it? <laughs> you know, it was sad until James Brown came around. I managed at the time, a producer said, You can't use Flame? Uh, you don't want to have a problem with the Godfather? Yeah, I think there's a, another connection there between you and James Brown in that, what, you guys have the second most downloads and he's got the first? Well, yeah, but now we are the first now. We are, we are the most sampled band in hip-hop. Actually means that we're the most sampled band in the world. Yeah. It's 50 years. I love the first single, We Are the Party. What is your process these days, Robert, in putting together a new album in the studio? Well, that was a lot on George Brown, you know, uh, one of the original members who wrote Too Hot, co-writer with Ladies and I came up to Tyler, he wrote the song, and uh, he just wanted to do uh, another kind of party record. Uh, A lot of those tracks... uh, we have worked on over the years, and uh, we just put it all together, and we got a little bit of um, a little bit of everything on there. You know, uh, songs like uh, uh, "Going Back to Jersey City" is more like a uh, a jazzy track. You know, uh, all the guys are doing the solo on that track. You know, so it, it, we're having fun with it. We feel very good about the album. That's great to hear. You moved from Ohio when you were a kid. You moved to Jersey City, New Jersey. What was your experience growing up there? I'm assuming that's where you got your nickname. Yes. We left Youngstown in 1960. 64 is when we put the the band together. First, the Jazzy Axe. And then, uh, of course, uh, the Soul Town Band. Uh, We were backing up a lot of local talent in Jersey City. That was part of the Soul Town Review. The Soul Town Review was trying to be like the Motown Review. So that right. that was a, the whole point of it, you know, learning these tracks and learning these uh, these, these Motown tracks, and especially listening to Jameson, one of the top bass players. That's <laughs> been all that stuff for Motown, you know. So it, it was great. And then, then, then we'd go down to the cafe wall and do a little, little jazz, <laughs> a jazzy thing, and... It was fun. Jazz musicians are just the best, aren't they? I mean, that's why some of these uh, session players, like those in in the Wrecking Crew and and those that you mentioned at Motown, 
are on so many hundreds, if not thousands, of tracks, right? Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Again, like I said, you know, all the different types of tracks that we've done. Uh, real young, 14 years old, you know, uh, Phil Saunders will come to this place in Jersey City called St. John's. You know, McCoy Tyler, uh, my brother would uh, definitely love John Coltrane. Yeah. Uh, I love Ron Connor. So it was great. I know that you uh, had tried a couple of different instruments when you were a kid. How did you eventually pick up the bass and fall in love with that? Well, it started right before we left Yorktown. We uh, we got these paint cans, my brother and I. And uh, the, the thing, how much paint was in the bottom of the can created the talk. So that became like our bongos before we left Youngstown. So when I came to Jersey City, my brother my mother bought me a bongo. And I said I was saying bongos at the time. And then the Spike Mickens' uh, brother played guitar. And I was at his house a couple times. And I learned how to play one song on one string, uh, six-string guitar. Oh, I'm a home baby. And we were working at the cafe while my brother said, why don't you come up and play that one song that you know <laughs> on the, on the, on the, with this bass? <laughs> and so the cafe while I'm 14 years old, I played the one song, Coming Home Baby. And then that's what started. <laughs> I learned how to play the bass. Who was involved in the writing and the production of Jungle Boogie, which was fantastic, of course? That was uh, that was my brother in terms of the horn line. Uh, Jungle Boogie was uh, something that we were kind of forced to create because the record company wanted to put this producer on us. We had this big record by Mongo Debango or Debango So Makusa. And we said we met with the producer once we said, No, we we're not we're not feeling that. We went to the studio and we cut funky stuff, jungle boogie and Hollywood swinging. No more problems from the record company after that. Yeah. And how did it happen that all those years later, Quentin Tarantino would use Jungle Boogie in Pulp Fiction? That, that was great. You know, uh, you know, I mean, our music been used uh, in a lot of different movies. And uh, yep. it was great. Matter of fact, we, we wanted to do something. We still would like to do something with him. You know, because he, he got the other creative side. And we, may, we can bring the raw funk and we can take it in a lot of different levels. That was so great to hear your music in that movie. I mean, it did it do anything for the band? Did you were there more sales of that song? I mean, I, I'm curious to know. Yeah, it did. You know, uh, Jungle Boogie became uh, you know more popular. Uh, matter of fact, I guess you know this. You know, the Muppets did Jungle Boogie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And they did, they did a nice job. You know, I was coming home one day. You know, my house up in Jersey, and then my neighbor. That's the guy that gets Yeah, I guess you know. I don't know if it's bigger for you to have been used by Quentin Tarantino or the Muppets. You really know you made it then, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. We were from, <laughs> from, from, from 9 to 90. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been to a wedding reception or a party where the DJ didn't necessarily know you were there? but played Celebration or Cherish or one of your songs. Yes, I have been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They didn't know who I was. You know, you know the thing about it is, uh, you know, I'm the bass player, you know, one of the major members of the group, I'm the members. But most times, they think the lead singer is cool. Now, if JT would have been there, he's like, oh, hey, JT! I walk in there, I like it that way. I just play it by surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your uh, Cool Kids Foundation, which has done such a great job in schools. And it, man, it sure is needed, isn't it? Yeah, it's 
my wife, uh, before she passed, of course, I lost my wife about five years ago. Yeah. Uh, came up with this thing about uh, having music in school. You want to know why come we can't get music back in school? And I said, when I was coming up, you know, they had the music classes. Uh, now you go in and you might want to play a violin or a cello or a telephone or whatever. Uh, that was available. You know, you didn't have it anymore. So she came up with uh, a name called the Cool Kids Foundation. And uh, I supported that. And by the fact, I was uh, out on tour and it was uh, sponsored by. Uh, a cherry coat, and it, it was called It's Cool to Stay in School. We did 48 cities. We were in Oklahoma City, and uh, these four guys came up to us and said, yeah, you know, we're doing great in school. We want to sing something for you. Okay, go ahead. So they did some acapella stuff. Uh, my cousin and my other two cousins said, hey, we had KD guys in New York. Know who that cool became? Telling me bad. Oh, my God, really? Yeah, cool to stay in school. So we're doing our fourth annual uh off Alley in Jersey, and uh, we're, we're having fun with it. A lot of people are showing up. My, my good friend, Tucker, he comes up to mine, I go to his. You know, and a lot of other guys, you know, O.J. Anderson, and we're just having fun with raising money for kids. It's great to hear there are success stories like that, like Color Me Bad. By the way, uh, a really great side project you've had going on for a while now is your Le Cool Champagne, because it is doing pretty well now, isn't it? We're doing all right. We go back about seven to ten years ago. I'm touring in France, sold out show, and the promoter comes to me and says, "Listen, I'm doing a champagne on the late Barry White and uh, Barry White look like one of the Bee Gees." And he said, "Well, uh, how would you like to sell champagne on your tour?" I said, "No, I don't really want to do that because you know uh, my fans are going to want T-shirts and caps and things like that." Yeah. I said, "But what I want to do, I want to get on the shelves." He looked at me. You want to get on the shelf? I said, yeah, like Don Perignon, Cristal, Vuvay, Co. I want to be on the shelf. So I came up with the name La Cool. I got my deal up there in Ipanay Champagne Country. And we've been moving every since. Every year it's getting stronger and stronger. No reason I just uh, carrying our champagne on the cruise ships. We're talking to some of the other cruise ships that, that are out there. And we're just doing our thing. That is really great. I, I'm going to have to look for that here in Las Vegas. Hopefully it's on our shelves here. Yeah, you know, in Las Vegas, I tell you, you know we have the residency there now. What is the date? Do you have that handy at, at the Westgate? Yeah, 5, 6, and 7. October 5th through the 7th. The new single is called We Are the Party. That is out already. The new album, People Just Want to Have Fun, that comes out July 14th on iTunes, That's Apple, right. Spotify, and all the other platforms. Uh, leave Discount Liquors, carrying our champagne out there in Vegas. Okay, leave. yeah, sure. Okay, Robert, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Unbelievable, Cool and the Gang approaching their 60th anniversary, and they're better than ever live on stage. That finishes this episode of The Fake Show Podcast. I'm Jim Tofty. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com. gonna do it if you really don't wanna dance by standing on the wall get your back up off the wall tell me how you gonna do it if you really don't wanna dance by standing